conversations about yesterday's animation animations. Saturday morning cartoon fair. Days past to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nickelodeon. Thundercats. Ghostbusters. Transformers. DuckTales. Days. Days. Days past to That's not a particularly deep show. So you will like us. Hello and welcome to the Days Past Tooncast. My name is Will. My name is Travis. And on this podcast, we have adult conversations about... Yesterday's animations. Boy, do we have an animation for you today. Boy, howdy. We've needed a little shot in the arm. Uh Uh-huh. It's winter, it's cold, it keeps us docile. Uh Uh-huh. And what we needed is a little (laughs) kick in the butt, a little pitch on the took. (laughs) Some adrenaline. Today is the scene in Pulp Fiction where John Travolta has to plunge the adrenaline <laughs> needle into, into Uma Thurman's Uma Thurman, chest yeah. and break her sternum. Uh-huh. We're breaking our sternum with the needle and injecting a cartoon from the extreme 90s. We are washing the sleepy sweetness of the Care Bears out of our mouths mm-hmm. with the cartoon equivalent of Jolt Cola. <laughs> Do you remember Jolt Cola, Travis? Vaguely. Okay. For those of you that didn't grow up in the 90s, Jolt Cola, I mean, Mountain Dew existed. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to go a step beyond, it was the meth to the cocaine of Mountain Dew. <laughs> it was supposed to have even more caffeine than Mountain Dew, and it did not taste very good. It was like cheap RC Cola, <laughs> right, right, but right. with tons and tons of caffeine in it. <laughs> that is the equivalent of what we're going to talk about today. Yes, sir. We're going to slap a warning label on this one. Oh, yeah. Because it's going to contain extreme content. <laughs> Because we're going back to the 90s. We're back in the 90s again at a time when the TMNT reigned supreme. Turtles were president. Oh, yeah. We had a four-way presidency between Ralphie, uh-huh. Mikey, Leo, and Donnie. If you weren't a group of bodacious humanoid animals, what were you even doing on TV? Anthropomorphic is the name of the game. Yes. And the cartoon today is playing the game as well as it can. Uh-huh. It's yet another installment in our line. We're spreading them out over time, talking about the TMNT ripoffs that occurred all through the 90s. Folks, strap on your leathers and rev up your hogs, because today we're talking about biker mice from Mars. Now, the name absolutely says it all mm-hmm. <laughs> on this one. This is a cartoon about three humanoid mice uh-huh. with motorcycles <laughs> that land on Earth and they fight evil aliens. Uh-huh. And yes, you heard correctly. It turns out there is life on Mars. It has fur mm-hmm. and antenna and leather vests. And attitude. They're dripping with tude. Or ratitude. <laughs> don't let them hear you say that. Uh-huh. They don't like being called rats, as we found out. <laughs> These characters look like Arnold Schwarzenegger bodies with mouse heads grafted uh-huh. onto them, which I have to think is like the furry ideal. That's what they want, right? Uh-huh. I don't mean I'm not trying to uh, furry shame anybody. I, I wouldn't, but I would think that that's like the apex predator of the furry land uh-huh. is a biker mouse from Mars. <laughs> Somehow, Mars, them being from Mars, seems more outlandish to me than them being from some made up planet. Uh-huh. We know what's on Mars. 
Earth has been stalking Mars like an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> for 30 years. For, oh, for <laughs> forever. It's our nearest neighbor. We're looking through our window trying to see it undressing at night, yeah, yeah, yeah. sending it text messages. Do you have life on you? Sending rover after rover over and losing and over it. again. Yes. Uh-huh. And the answer comes back again and again. <laughs> Guys, I don't think I ever had life on me. Please leave me alone. Uh, please quit calling me. So the idea that there's a race of humanoid mice that had a war. We're, I, we have to dole this out. Okay. There was a, a war. On Mars, uh-huh. mice fought in it against yep. some fish lizard type aliens, the Plutarchians. The Plutarchians, yep. <laughs> but it is an alliterative choice, uh-huh. mice from Mars. And so the name is really what sells it. Because in the 90s, after Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hit so big, and it's such a silly name, <laughs> they decided titles all have need to knows. What are you? <laughs> what are you? What's your style? What kind of fighting do you do? That's what I want to know. About my cartoons. And if you can't tell me, you need to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> One of my favorite sketches parodied this at the time. I, I grew up watching Conan. Yeah, same Conan here. O'Brien. I loved old Conan. Oh, it's so good. Andy. Uh, Andy, Andy, Andy Rick is great. Yeah, I mean, but it was there. just, it was like the kind of the equivalent. He used to write on Saturday Night Live, and I bet a lot of his sketches ended up in the last 30 minutes of Saturday Night Live, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. when all the great weird shit happened. <laughs> and that's kind of what it was like to watch Conan in the 90s. And that's absolutely what it was like to watch this particular sketch yeah. where they would act like they had access to new cable channels that other people had not seen yet, but they were trying out. Another one of my favorites is the Kids Action Hero Network. Oh, yeah. they. Uh, this is the network they debuted the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when That's they came right. out. Tonight, they're featuring the embryonic, rockabilly, polka-dotted <laughs> fighter pilots. I hear it's the latest thing. The kids love it. We got to check it out. Embryonic, rockabilly, polka-dotted In in a nutshell, it's a classic. It is. Biker Mice from Mars, they answer all the pertinent questions, and so they get a cartoon. Yes, they did. For three seasons, from 1993 to 1996. That is literally the middle of the 90s. (laughs) That is no, you could not be more mid-90s unless you just said 1995. I was just thinking to myself, that is, that's in the mid-90s. That's the mid-90s. That's the mid-90s. Well. Do the math. Uh Uh-huh. It's the middle of the 90s. Prime (laughs) 90s. Uh So kids are just hungry for anything even TMNT adjacent. If you color something green, we're going to show up and at least ask you about it. (laughs) And so we said, Biker Mice from Mars, sure. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> and when they launched it, they, I mean, they were attacking on all fronts. Like they tend to do with this type of extreme. It's, it's a boys action cartoon. If you yes. can't tell from the name alone uh-huh. and that it's, a, it's basically TMNT swap out nunchucks for motorcycles, <laughs> but they launched with a toy line. Yes. From Gloob. <laughs> I, <laughs> I watched some of the commercials just to get an idea. And it's like, yeah, it's your typical 90s, you know, cartoon uh-huh. <laughs> toy commercials. But they would always say at the end, it's like, from Galoob. It would just be this guy that sounds like a WWF wrestler uh-huh. would just tell me that something is from a made-up word. Yeah. I hope that's nobody's last name, Galoob. But they made a lot of toys that I was interested in back in the day, so they were doing something right. Oh, for sure. It sounds like the name of a whale, like Shamu's uh-huh. cousin yeah, is yeah, yeah, Galoob. yeah. yeah. We have to do a lot of comparisons between Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then we've also covered some other shows like yeah. Cowboys of Mumesa and also Street Sharks that are in this same category of TMNT ripoff. Yeah. 
as far as popularity goes, I can't find numbers to back any of what I'm about to say up. But I'll roll with but you. I will say it, and I hope you'll support me. Yeah, I'll support you. At the time, I was aware that the biker mice existed, and because of that, I feel like they were the second place after TMNT. They were the most popular mm-hmm. or most well-known of the ripoffs. Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but if so, there's about 10 minutes difference in their how fast they ran the mile between first place TMNT <laughs> and then Biker Mice at second place, if that's even accurate, because they were, I mean, they're not doing cartoon series about Biker Mice uh. these days with CG and actors for their comedians <laughs> coming in and doing the voices and everything. It just ain't happening. Well, they must have cared a little bit. In 2015, they had a, an app for uh, Android. Was it like to help you find mice in the area or you could have... <laughs> motorcycles delivered to your doorstep right I, just when you say it do you is it a video game or yeah is it, okay. yeah a little a little video game <laughs> like app. I, I know that app is still appropriate but when you just say app it just makes it sound like utilitarian right. i'm like it's, it was a dating one will it's very strange <laughs> silicon valley was just running crazy man on the extreme scale uh because this is 90s and this is definitely an extreme show is it uh well i mean they're <laughs> motorcycles, they got guns. Uh, uh. It falls somewhere between TMNT, because let's let's say TMNT is the baseline, because as extreme as they were, they, they were just the right amount. Yeah. You know, Calabunga. <laughs> okay, cool. Got it. Street Sharks is on the other end of that spectrum. Street Sharks being a show about these four guys that turn into sharks, and they just turn into, like, muscle-bound monsters uh-huh. ripping up the streets. <laughs> so that's the other end. I feel like this falls somewhere squarely in the middle. Right. A little more palatable. A little more than Street Sharks. I mean, I actually really enjoyed Street Sharks because it was off the rails. (laughs) Right. But this one, it's not gross. There's no gross stuff in it unless you just don't like muscular mice. And I mean, Uh. what's wrong with you? It's not gross, but it has more angst than the TMNT. Yeah. We have cybernetic implants. We have war. We got motorcycles. Mm -hmm. Motorcycles are skateboards for adults. You can't get a motorcycle when you're a kid. I guess you can get a moped maybe. Uh, But you think grinding is cool. Imagine breaking your legs in 12 different places Mm -hmm. at 90 miles per hour. Talking about road rash, baby. Baby. And you're dressed for it. Uh, You're you're ready for it. You came in Uh dressed to the nines. Decked out. Yeah, I was inspired. After last week with my Care Bear Union outfit. That cosplay looked too sweet. I had to get me some. You showed up looking like, uh, one, a snack. Oh, thank you. Let me say. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. How about number two? A leather daddy. Yeah. Because not only do you have a bandana on. Yeah. Not only do you have sunglasses on indoors at night. I can't see shit. (laughs) You don't gotta. This is an audio medium. Where you at? Will. But you also showed up with a custom made leather jacket Mm -hmm. with the sleeves cut off. Yes, sir. And on this jacket are the letters DP. TC. Days past Tooncast represent. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. This is what you would look like if you rode a motorized bicycle. Yeah, dude, I rode my bike here, man. My bicycle? My huffy, yeah. (laughs) My small bicycle. Have you ever wanted to, uh, one, have you ever been on a motorcycle? Yes, I haven't driven it. Okay. I, 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 I'm just, I'm laughing because I was like, how can it be a, a middle ground between yes and no. It's just yesterday. No. Because I, ro- I rode on the back of one while my brother drove. Okay. I was I was a young, not a tot, but I was definitely uh, a preteen. You're holding your hands out right now like, please, I'm not emasculated by this. <laughs> don't, don't judge me, but I held my brother's waist. Only then is it okay to touch another man. Well, what did you think about that? What was that experience like? Uh, I was scared shitless, but 
It was cool. Oh man, it was cool because I was about that extreme uh, life, baby. I was. I wanted to be extreme. Uh-huh. I was like a closet extreme kid. Yeah, you know, but like I wouldn't do anything risky <laughs> at all. Did you ride? You no, no, God, you never. I, I, the only thing I've ever liked about it is, I think, the social status idea. If you ride a motorcycle, if you dress like you ride a motorcycle, even if you don't, you must be cool. You must be threatening people who are attracted to dangerous people. Yeah, you're pointing at yourself. Exhibit yes. A, <laughs> exhibit A uh, yeah. through D. Emphasis on people who dress like they ride a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> I would believe it if I saw it. I also thought you were maybe one of the guys from Duck Dynasty. If that's still a, a current reference, I don't I'll, know if it is. I'll take it. I've looked at it and been like, oh, well, that person kind of looks cool. But then they're also running around on something that's actively trying to kill them. Mm-hmm. That's not something I'm into. That's like riding a shark around, essentially. As a motorcycle is planning at night, how it's going to murder, how it's going to poison you if it can't kill you on the road. This all comes from my dad is uh, a gearhead. Anything with motors, he's been interested. Uh And he used to ride a motorcycle. And I believe he had like a a crash because my dad would tell me, Will, those things are death traps. Like he, He thinks they're cool, but he knows they're dangerous. You were playing with fire. If you get anywhere near a motorcycle, I don't know what to tell you. Don't do it. It's plotting to kill you. Yes, it's out for you. Uh-huh. It's, it will It will get you. <laughs> It'll replace you in your family. It'll take over as the head of household or whatever. It's Motorcycles are not friends of man. Not at all. It just doesn't seem worth it. There are other ways to look like, I mean, go be an MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. I, you're less likely to die from it. You'll and you'll and Your injuries will look cool. And it's all just for peelies and wheelies. Peelies and, and wheelies, I, I baby. I'm not looking for that. I don't, it's not worth it for peelies and wheelies for me. Uh-huh. Leather cuts and leather butts. Now, luckily, and I I would say luckily, there's not a whole ton of background information to give about this show, because what could there be? Like, I grew up, the creator grew up loving mice, and his father died on a motorcycle. He would always look up at Mars and say, I wish I was there instead of living without my father. It's nothing like that. Biker Mice from Mars was born from the mind of a man named Rick Ungar. Just to give you an idea of how totally radical this guy is, uh, he's currently a political commentator. Uh-huh. He is the editor-in-chief of The Daily Centrist. <laughs> he worked for Forbes magazine and Newsmax. He is the Democrat that goes on Fox News. He's the one they allow on the air. Yeah. <laughs> and he looks like when Tina Turner said, working for the man every night and day. Yeah. If you imagine who the man is. He's the man. He's the man from the man. <laughs> He looks like that. He, he also looks like Paul Reiser. He was uh-huh. like, I'm gonna, we're going to play a video here in a second because I found an interview with this guy. But he was the creator of Biker Mice from Mars. Through the 90s and somewhat into the 2000s, he was a high-ranking guy at various studios that were doing animation and entertainment. Mm-hmm. He was the president of Marvel Productions starting in 1991. Uh-huh. And that wasn't just Marvel Comics. They did G.I. Joe and Transformers, Jim. Dino writers. He was the man. So at, at nighttime, even when he went to bed, he'd take off a suit and it would just be another suit. <laughs> at night, not even pajamas. I scared up an interview with Rick Unger that we're going to take a look and listen to. This is from Sci-Fi Buzz. It's like a well-produced cable access show. Mm. They caught up with Rick Unger and asked him some questions about those biker mice from Mars. Meet Rick Unger, creator of Biker Mice from Mars. Unger calls his brainchild the world's first rock and roll cartoon. The reason we call it that is aside from having a soundtrack. Paul Reiser. That is predominantly (laughs) guitars. We mix the cartoon in an unusual way. Most cartoons are mixed with dialogue as king. Make sure the dialogue comes through. 
When we mix an episode of Biker Mice, we really crank the music, even to the point where we sometimes step on the dialogue. We mix it as if it were a music video. He's not wrong. The guitars are way up front. They're going all the time. Every time they bust through a window, uh-huh. it's like Wild Stallions have arrived. Just, so it's I, solo time. Yeah, they, I hope Eddie Van Halen got kickbacks from whoever was ripping him off <laughs> for that at the time. Rest in peace. Rip. But he says that it's the world's first rock and roll cartoon. Um, Josie and the Pussycats, Yellow Submarine, starring the Beatles. <laughs> Think about it, guy. All OG. Come on, Rick. You look like you were a baby boomer. You grew up in the 60s. You know what I'm talking about? He does look like the man. He's he, and look, I bet that he seems nice. Like I I don't begrudge him. <laughs> just it's a weird juxtaposition of person again. And when he's like, these guitars, you're like, you just read that people like guitars. Uh-huh. You don't necessarily like guitars. Unlike the majority of cartoons crowding the airwaves these days, Unger is targeting his show to kids of all ages. The way I write cartoon scripts is every 10 jokes, two of them should be for grown-ups. And the kids hopefully won't even understand them. The best cartoons always have material in them, which are for grown-ups. And I've tried very hard to make sure we stay true to that in Biker Mice. That's not untrue. Looney Tunes, a, a lot of stuff that we like, uh, Rugrats, uh, Nicktoons in general, has stuff that really only an adult would truly appreciate. And as a kid, I think I would just say, oh, I guess that's supposed to be funny. And I'll laugh uh-huh. at it and go from there. <laughs> do, Travis, do you feel like there were very many adult jokes present in the episode of Biker Mice from Mars that we watched? Zero. Got it. <laughs> you you hit it on the head. And I'm an adult now, so I can put my seal of approval on this. The Turtles was a phenomenon. I don't know if it's possible that that can ever even happen again. Not with Biker it Mice. It should do half as well, and I'll be a very, very happy executive producer. Unger, who is also co-executive producer of Fox's popular X-Men series, Shut up. has come to believe that tossing the right ingredients into the cartoon blender can increase the chances of a surefire hit. There are certain universal themes, particularly in boys' action. My own particular formula for doing that (laughs) is to make sure you have anti-authority, real wise guy, and very funny, and throw in really cool vehicles, and you got the right idea. He's essentially just broken down the TMNT theme song into a mathematical equation and applied it to biker mice. And someone who does machines. We're going to get to who does machines. Uh-huh. And we're going to get to who's who in the TMNT <laughs> biker mice matrix here. But I just, I wanted to, <laughs> to focus on this guy because it's just such a weird combination. And it, and it makes so much sense to me that we got, it's not a bad cartoon, uh-uh. but it's trying so hard to be radical, but also it's very safely radical. <laughs> like street sharks, I'm a little uncomfortable. <laughs> If they they <laughs> pulled the lever over to danger on the extrema meter. This they're playing it safe and extreme. Maybe Rick had some kind of reach in Hollywood. I guess he technically did because he was uh, an executive producer on the X Men animated series. That's got to make you on par with uh, Paul Giamatti. Somebody, <laughs> somebody that's pretty high up there. Right? Yeah, some pull. I say this because there were a lot of names in the cast that were like names. Brad Garrett of Everybody Loves Raymond. He was on the show. Malcolm McDowell from A Clockwork Orange, one of the most famous, most British men. (laughs) Luke Perry played a character on the show. Leah Remini, back when she was still getting gigs from being a Scientologist. Right. Like, because you get a lot of gigs doing that. (laughs) She was on there. But the main cast, well, one's a big cartoon name. All day. One's just another (laughs) big name at the time. (laughs) The big cartoon name, of course, is... Rob Paulson, who played the leader of the gang, Throttle. 
I gotta tell you, it's been a treat, fellas, but it's time for us to rock and roll! He also played, of course, Raphael and another famous mouse, uh-huh. Pinky, and Pinky <laughs> and the Brain. Throttle is, like we said, the leader, and he is basically Leonardo, but two parts Michelangelo mixed in. And that's, <laughs> one dash, yeah. That's kind of the problem with the show is that even though each one slightly fills a role, leader, etc., each one is still too much of a party dude to really feel like they're different <sighs> from each other. Uh, he wears special military. He's, he's a yellow mouse, uh-huh. leather vest, all that. He's wearing these cool <laughs> shades that are actually special military glasses because he was blinded by war crimes. <laughs> no, nothing heavy here. Travis. Nothing heavy. Blinded by war, war crimes. crimes. <laughs> he was captured by the aliens, the Plutarchians. Yep. Here's a little bit of this backstory. Yeah, We're not yeah, going to drop it all at once. Yeah. It's too much. It's too much to You'll get bummed out. <laughs> The Plutarchians, the lizard fish, whatever they are, the guys, <laughs> they came to Mars and tried to take it over. And there was a rebellion from the mice who lived on Mars. Yeah. I don't know when this happened, but he was <laughs> not that long ago because they were in the war. These three mice. <laughs> yes. And when the rebellion was squashed, mm-hmm. these three mice were captured and experimented on. Yep. And so he lost the use of his eyes uh. as a result of this medical experimentation during wartime war crimes. War crimes. War crimes, I say to you. <laughs> So he's kind of the Leonardo. With a dash of, of party, dude. Uh, there's party in all there's of us. Party, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They spilled party juice all over uh, it. Modo yes. is the Raphael. He is a gray mouse. He's kind of the, well, it's funny because he is the panthero doing a Thundercats comparison because he's the big, kind of quiet, but too much of a party dude to really be quiet, tough yeah. guy. He has more of a tood, but like panthero, he is the darkest colored of the three and the only one played by a person of color. Uh-huh. So it's just this weird, like you got to make that guy the kind of moody one and you got to make sure that a black man voices him. Th- these are the rules that were in place at the time. Yeah, at I'm, least I'm following. I'm I mean, following. It's great. He was played by Dorian Harewood, mm-hmm. who has done tons of VO. We've actually mentioned him a few times in other shows, but he was in the Roots television sequel yeah. that came about, and he was in Full Metal Jacket, Shout out. amongst many other things. So, like, these are real deal. This guy's a tough guy. Uh-huh. He has an eye patch, and his other eye glows red, like a lot of 90s characters did at the time. Uh, Terminator is, is an obvious example. Yep. And he has a robotic arm because he lost his arm in war crimes! <laughs> Trap, trap. War War crimes, crimes, I say. I say again, war crimes. (laughs) He seems to be handling the shell shock of the war they were in a little worse than the other ones, mostly because any, this is a thing that happens in the episode and Uh apparently happens all the time. Uh Anytime someone calls them a rat, he loses it. Yeah. Yeah. He goes into a blackout state. Rat! My mama didn't raise no stinking rat. Understand? And finally, <laughs> finally, we have Vinny, mm-hmm. the Michelangelo, the straight Michelangelo yeah. of the group. Like all, he's all Michelangelo. He's yeah. a Michelangelo plus some extra Michelangelo. Yeah, this guy's down to clown. Oh yeah, we're taking it back <laughs> down to clown. This guy jokes around nonstop. They're all a little Mikey. He's three times Mikey. Uh-huh. White fur and a real Lothario because he is always sitting on ladies, mm-hmm. and he actually calls everybody. Sweetheart. No sweat, sweetheart. We find us a cycle parts shop and I'll have it fixed pronto. I like it, sweetheart. I like it. I got this one, sweetheart. Okay, you mamma jammas. Let's rock and ride. He's missing half his face. From what? Just like riding a motorcycle? and It's uh, 
from back in the war, Travis. He is a victim of war crimes! <laughs> this cartoon is full of war crimes. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty it is heavy, actually. It is chock full of war crimes. Yeah, chock full, yeah. These poor mice, it's actually about a quarter of his face, I uh-huh. guess. He has a metal plate over his eye and then that quarter top of his skull. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know if it was just burned off. I mean, it goes over his eye. The other ones were in an eye patch. The other guy's blind. Between the three of them, you have three blind mice. Three blind mice. <laughs> and he's he's really bad because he is, this is a very, I mean, I guess this character existed before, but I feel like it was totally a, a 90s Zenith version of this character. Yeah. He's the guy who will find a woman he's going to hit on, and then he will continue to hit on her no matter how explicitly uninterested she is. Until she is broken. That might be his hope. I don't think he understands. <laughs> I don't know. It's a dangerous precedent to set for kids because I think, you know, that's a thing that probably some guys grow up thinking like, that's what you do. Uh-huh. You just wear them down. Yeah. <laughs> like Vinny, the white mouse from Piker Mice from Mars. <laughs> Travis, do you know who played Vinny? Uh, is it? Ian Ziering? No, I've heard it pronounced Ian Ziering, Ian? but I only, I'm not fancy. It's just that I've heard this guy's yeah, name. Ian sounds right. Sure, why yeah, not? I'll, I'll roll with that. Yeah. Seems fancy for a guy who was on 90210. <laughs> which I didn't realize ran for 10 years. I watched the snot out of that show. Well, man. I only, I only know him, and I haven't even seen these movies. I only know him for being the guy that was in the Sharknado, Sharknado. movies. <laughs> I've watched those too, yeah. <laughs> I've only watched the, the, the first two. Only checked the first two out. I think you could have stopped with, I'm about to turn the TV on, (laughs) from what I've heard. (laughs) So we watched the season premiere, the series premiere, Mm -hmm. season one, episode one, originally broadcast September 18th, 1993, entitled Rock and Ride. Mm. Can't do one. Got to do both. Rock and ride. <laughs> in in that culture, man. It's the only way you can do it. Man, it's a rock-based culture. And don't run over a rock on your motorcycle. It'll probably kill you instantly. Yes. The motorcycle <laughs> will buckle and turn into a <laughs> crumpled thing on the side of the road. Like, it seems like most cartoons that we watch, this cartoon begins with a ship being pursued through space. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of shows that we watch. It is. It about Yeah, about 95%. Yeah, you're, you're show. checking your numbers right yeah. now. You're just checking the spreadsheet. <laughs> the three mice are being pursued in their spaceship. The ship looks like a motorcycle. Uh-huh. Isn't that cute? It, very cute. They are being pursued by the Plutarchians, mm-hmm. who we've mentioned. They are these... They're so stinky, these aliens. Yes. They, they actually paid the animators for the extra hours it must have taken to put stink lines around these characters. We waft. We yes. waft. When we walk, we waft. They're very, very stinky boys. Uh-huh. <laughs> they, are, they look like fish. I keep seeing fish lizards because they don't just look like fish uh-huh. humans to me, but I think that's what they're supposed to be. Yeah. So they're being pursued by the Plutarchians. They're eternal enemies. Luckily, they're nearby Earth, so they have a place they can escape to. As they're making their escape, Throttle gives a inspirational speech real early in this episode. Oh, yeah. First two minutes. Guys, let me tell you something. In this wild and woolly universe of ours, there's only three things you can count on. Your brains, your bros, and your bike. It's time to rock and ride. The three pillars of being a Martian mouse. Three Bs. Uh The three Bs of bike mycin. And this is true. You can count on your bike to murder you. It will find a way. You could probably take the wheels off your motorcycle. It'll it'll show up. in your garage. It'll still murder you in your sleep. It will replace your wife in bed. You will wake up and say, honey, 
why aren't you up yet? You're late for work. And you'll lift the sheet back and the motorcycle turns around and goes. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> it's got lipstick painted on its tire, though. <laughs> Honey. All of a sudden, the chain just cuts your head off. <laughs> this sounds like a Stephen King novel. It does. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to crash land on Earth. And where else could they crash? I'm excited about this. In the Windy City, baby. Shite down. Uh-huh. Hey, guys. It's Chicago. Dude, that's a good, that's a good shy town. We're in Chicago. I like that. Well, I grew up watching Saturday Night Live, and it seemed that every comedian on there was from Chicago. The Bears. Bikes, the bikes, the bikes. <laughs> the mice, the mice. They land in Chicago. Uh-huh. They land in a baseball field yes. called Quigley Field. Uh-huh. Not Wrigley Field. I guess a parody of because like that's the problem. It's like why not just call it Wrigley Field? Like maybe it was a trademark right issue. Yeah, they might, I they guess might have been able to do it. Yeah. I don't know, but it's just a, when you do that and you're like, well, we're gonna set it in the real world, but we're gonna use things that are just slightly changed versions. <laughs> the Empire Snake Building. Well, they they crash land there. Uh, let's just say because I, I usually complain about this, and I'm just gonna stop, but I'm gonna okay. say it real quick. Nobody has anything more than a, wow, your mice reaction uh. to these these <laughs> monsters that just crash-landed a ship. Uh. They start to leave. Uh. <laughs> They're just kind of roaming around, doing their own thing. <laughs> but as they are exiting quickly field, yes. they interrupt a punk rocker threatening a hot dog vendor with a crowbar uh-huh. in the stadium corridor. <laughs> you know, the, the labyrinthine yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, concrete halls? Right, yeah. This is a crime that has categorically never happened. Uh A punker (laughs) threatening a hot dog guy in a hallway with a crowbar, Uh even in Chicago. I know the dogs are are sick over there, but like, that's never happened. That guy carries about $21.51 on him at any time. And street punks don't commit crimes. They just play (laughs) music and hang out and wait for you to drop money for him. Like, that's not... (laughs) It was this weird thing that went on for about 20 years where we were like, we've been racist for so long. We have to make it someone else. Now we'll make it punks because punks are dangerous, uh-huh. right? Because remember how many times the TMNT fought punkers? How many punkers you beat up in the arcade game? Yes. Uh-huh. For stopping the punker, they get some hot dogs. And that's Chi-Town, baby. Yeah. And so they're, gonna, they're eating dogs on their hogs yep. as they ride through Chicago's famous post-apocalyptic district. <laughs> I don't... They're immediately... In, in hell. Yeah. Yes, like the moon. <laughs> the moon with buildings, with crumbling buildings on it. I, I wrote down in my notes, Yeah, this seems more like Detroit than Chicago, mm-hmm. sadly. Yes. And then later on in the episode, they made a joke about, yeah. about how bad uh-huh. Detroit is. I mean, it would make more sense being Detroit because that's the motor city. But no city has ever looked like this without a bomb going off. Yeah, And that's the, the area that they're in. Uh-huh. They look at this blasted wasteland that reminds them of ruined Mars. Yeah. And they got to take a minute to tell you a kid eating cereal that has soccer later. I lost my home. This is TMNT with PTSD. Dude, TMNT had all the reason to be bummed on some certain situations. They were monsters. They didn't ask to be born. Uh Uh-huh. Made this way. (laughs) And yet they got through it. And yeah, and they never shit on her parade. Never. This is very... Weirdly selfish. Well, it's selfish is what it is. Selfish of them to focus on their, their trauma. I think for me, it's it's that, again, they were trying to get angsty uh-huh. and they had that. They were trying to be edgy without uh, going too far off the extrema meter. Mm, yeah. Angsty in the wrong way. I gotcha. They come upon the one building that is still standing. Yeah. The last chance garage. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like the last chance before you go into the part that is literally on fire of Chicago. <laughs> 
And this is where they meet their April O'Neil. Uh-huh. A woman named Charlie. Yes. Davidson. Mm-hmm. Charlie Davidson. We, hey, baby, we're word playing over here. Look, bikes, <laughs> motos. Charlie Davidson, she is a mechanic. Mm-hmm. She runs the Last Chance Garage. Mm-hmm. She's really April plus Donatello, if we're going to talk about TMNT, because this lady does what, Travis? Uh, well, she does machines. She does number machines. one. <laughs> war crimes. She, I, I'm not going to accuse her of war crimes. Oh, okay. <laughs> she, I, don't, I don't know of her doing any war crimes. Uh, that's alleged. I will not stand party to that. This lady does machines. She is a good mechanic. Yeah. She works on these mice's, these Mises bi- uh-huh. <laughs> bikes and manages to add weapons to them right away. I, it's great. She's really good. At the machining. <laughs> right. And I like her, but where are the Chicago accents? Nobody has a Chicago accent in this uh, whole thing. Uh. They don't have Chicago <laughs> accents. This is a perfect place. Yeah. It's yeah. the best accent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Chicago is a great place to have Chicago accent. They should have done it. It's the number one spot. <laughs> for, for Chicago for accents. Chicago accents. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Top places to have Chicago accents. Number one, Chicago. <laughs> Charlie is the one that has to endure constant harassment from Vinny. I'm assuming throughout the series. Uh-huh. Immediately, he's on her... I mean, they just met. This is her first time seeing an alien. Yeah. And he's already hitting on her the second uh, that they, uh-huh. they meet her, really. I think Vinny's been canceled since then. Yeah. Actually, oh. they were canceled twice because there was a second series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. The way that we are introduced to Charlie Davidson, how many times have you seen this scene? You meet a character by going into their place of business, wherever they live, and they're telling some enforcer, You tell the bank, I'm not going to sell my land. You tell Mr. Terwilliger, I'll never sell. Tell your slimy boss that I don't care how much money he has. The last chance garage is mine, and it's not for sale. It's this situation where you are immediately the underdog, and there's a bad guy that you're going to have to meet later. And that is happening when they go in. She is telling this greased up, he looks like Shrek painted like a Caucasian human. Just dripping, just dripping, yeah, just grease. dripping in oil and grease and oil, and they never even bother, even start to explain why. You is not being wise, lady. Mister Limburger wants this land, and what Lawrence Limburger wants, Lawrence Limburger gets. This guy, his name is Grease Trap. This guy, even uh-huh. he's pretty professional. <laughs> he came to like strong arm her, but he came with a contract and a fountain pen, uh-huh. not even like a bic. <laughs> Anybody you want to put in the lesser than, but they're going to make it position, uh-huh. that's what you do. That's Charlie. These mice get rid of Grease Trap. Yeah. Because they just say, hey, we just wanted our bikes worked on, but hey, since this guy is a jerk, we'll see him to the door. And she's asking, guys, what's, what's the fucking story with these mice? Yep. And they tell her their story through their antenna. They have, is it antenna? Antennae for multiple. I'll go with antenna. Okay. They have antenna. That's like the one thing associating them with Mars. Because mm-hmm. I I forget that they're from Mars when they're not talking about Mars. Same here. Same here. Yep. And so they're not little green men or anything <laughs> like that. But they do have the little antenna. They're just kind of dangling there. Yeah. But apparently those make them telepathic because uh-huh. they lean in and they reveal their horrible past. Mm-hmm. That the Plutarchians devastated their own planet's environment and all of its resources, so they bought bits of Mars up and strip-mined it, yep. and then that's when the rebellion happened, the war, war crimes. Mm. And they reveal all this to her. I feel like you should warn her before. Like She's like, whoa, I asked for the story, but not like Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. I don't need that. You, like, you can edit it. Yeah, you can, you just, can edit it. You just tell me uh-huh. you're from Mars, and we go from there. Uh-huh. Charlie points out, Hey guys, 
the shit that you dealt with on Mars is pretty much what's going on here in Chicago. Take a look. And mm-hmm. you know, they should have said, like, yeah, we just drove through it. It sucks. <laughs> it's fucking, it's a bomber out here. Um, but she points out, know, like, this whole place is being bought up and I guess stripped for resources. What re- I guess oil? I don't know. There's not oil beneath Chicago. Unless right? you just mean from all the malfunctioning cars or something. I don't, I don't know. But this is when we meet the guy who's responsible for Grease Trap being there to strong arm Charlie, the guy who is making all this bad shit happen, uh-huh. Lawrence Limburger. As I recall, I sent you to purchase the last chance garage. Is this correct? Uh, yes, boss. And I believe you were then to demolish it. That's right, boss. Then why is it still there? In the 90s, we liked for villains to be aliens wearing human suits. Yeah, that was like, that was a thing. That has been in a few cartoons that we've watched. And I point to Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black. Yes, sir. We love it. Eat it up. So, I know it's not the 90s anymore, but just for those of you that didn't live through that, weren't paying (laughs) attention to pop culture. If you go to a job interview and the boss is an unnaturally wide man and he's wearing a suit... But he's sweating and he's eating bugs and he's wearing white butler gloves. He won't even let you see his human hands. Uh-huh. Just know what you're probably getting into. Look, if you want that job, take it. If you need it. I know uh-huh. times are tough. Yeah. You are going to have to dispose of some remains. You're going to have to deliver a laser somewhere. You are supporting a monster, uh-huh. an alien monster. You're going to be weirded out yes. 24-7. Oh, he doesn't have boundaries. He's just going to call you on the weekends. But uh-huh. hey, I need, I need these mice taken care of. No boundaries. None. Also, I would say, do not trust your boss if he uses a cane but doesn't have a limp. Uh-huh. Lawrence Limburger, who is who is this? He looks like a, really a mobster more than anything else. He has like a big bouffant, black hair done up, overweight guy in a purple suit. With, sweating. Uh, sweating. Just, just sweating. Eating bugs, white butler gloves. Yep. I'll trust a butler in gloves. Otherwise, people in white gloves don't trust him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Canes and gloves. And he's he has a cane. He's up in this giant tower that's a, a corporate headquarters. He has a cane, but no limp. Um, mm-hmm. It's metal topped, kind of like old Biff in Back to the Future 2. <laughs> He's got the one with the fist, you know, the little, hey, butthead. Yeah, 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 yeah. That. <laughs> it is the perfect white collar villain weapon. Uh-huh. How else could you bludgeon someone and display your social superiority to them, but with a cane? It's the best of both worlds. You, it can, is. you can hurt somebody on two or three levels with a cane. Uh-huh. Canes. <laughs> Gotta love them. And while I'm giving... Canes their ups. <laughs> and while we're giving employment advice, uh-huh. if the boss's head scientist, what if he has a head scientist? Mm-hmm. He or she has a head scientist. That's already, eh, I don't know what's going on. It's suspect. Okay, but if that head scientist has an office connected to the CEO's office and is dropping a brain into somebody's skull when you first walk in. Because uh, that's what's happening. And stapling them up. <laughs> yeah, stapling a Franken, a three-eyed Frankenstein together after implanting a brain. That's something that we see in this cartoon. Right. That would be Dr. Carbuncle. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dr. Carbuncle is... Uh, think of a mad scientist. You've thought of Dr. Carbuncle physically. Yeah. Pretty much there. Uh, he's the... Ball, is he kind of bald... Weird glasses. Yes. Lab co- yes okay, so, uh-huh, yep. yeah, you get yeah, it. Yeah, that's him. Yep. Yes. Extreme body modification is this guy's specialty. That's his bag, baby. Do you remember, I guess people still do this, but you remember people that would get horns implanted under their skulls? Yeah. That would stick uh-huh. out? Okay. Like, he's going to do that all over you without asking. <laughs> because this, in fact, is the man who is responsible for war crimes! 
He is the one. This is the guy. I don't. He seems human though, because uh, he does out, seem very human. Turns out Limburger is an alien. He's a Plutarchian. He's here on our planet now, trying to do to Earth what he did to Mars. Uh-huh. But this guy just seems like a shitty human uh-huh. who is doing crazy <laughs> things. He sounds like a close relation of Cobra Commander. Yep. <laughs> but when Limburger finds out that there are mice on Earth and they're they're hindering his plans, they're mm-hmm. stepping on his business. Yeah. He turns to Doctor Carbuncle. Hey, fix it. Yeah. Carbuncle, he has a great line. Well, your cheddar chiefiness. If you wish to catch a mouse, you must build a better mouse trap. That's fucking smooth. It is. That's it smooth. Is. The mousetrap that he builds is just a spring-loaded medieval bloom and onion uh. of like spikes and steel. <laughs> it looks sharp. It doesn't even end up getting used on the mice. Uh, It's just like they just tie Charlie Davidson to it later. uh, But it, I just said, oh, mousetrap. This should have been in the game mousetrap. Uh huh. Yeah. The game mousetrap that everyone has the same story about. (laughs) I wanted it so bad, and my parents were one hundred percent right in not buying it Uh because when I got to play it, all we did is set up the traps and enact the traps. Yep. That's it. Uh It was just they should have just sold that. In the stores, they could have saved money on production and made just more parents would have bought it because it was cheaper. Yep. (laughs) Just throw the dice away in the cards and let's play. There's no game here except for catching these damn mice. It's just breaking the plastic pieces out of its (laughs) its little shell. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny because I think wasn't the the game about not capturing the mice? Weren't you the mouse? I don't remember. I I never played. All, exactly. all I did was no yeah. one knows yeah, the no rules. One knows. Uh-uh. No one knows the rules of mousetrap because no one ever played it. They nope. just did the mouse traps. They save Charlie Davidson from the mousetrap, but now they know, hey, there's this guy, Limburger. He's the problem. We have a new friend in Charlie Davidson. Vinny is inappropriately obsessed with her. Yes. So we got to go take care of this asshole. Uh-huh. And there's going to be a showdown at Limburger Tower. And that's where they find out this jerk is a fucking Plutarchian. Uh-huh. They rip off the his mask time. the whole time. He didn't tell anybody. He didn't report it to anybody. But the mice come face to face with their tormentor. Dr. Carbuncle, uh-huh. the man who committed the war crimes all over them. On all of them. Yeah, on all of them. All <laughs> three of them. Didn't miss one, no, one lick. I, I would say these weren't experimentations. The experiment is how much will I enjoy it when I remove a limb of yours? Yeah. That's the experiment. Uh-huh. <laughs> My theory is a lot. <laughs> will they remember me? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they yeah. will. Because Carbuncle says, nice of you to remember me. And Moto, our big tough guy, says, oh, I remember you all right. I remember how you you took took my arm. (laughs) Just lighthearted. We were, by this point, 1994, kids were probably ready for some missing arms. Uh, I mean, X-Men, they made series that already killed off Morph in the first season. Yeah. Uh, We'd already gone through a war. We'd already had the Branch Davidians. I mean, there's a lot going on in the uh, O.J. Simpson trial. (laughs) So kids were ready for a few limbs, a few missing eyes. Didn't even bat an eye. No. A few war crimes in your cartoon. Just mix Uh, it in. It's a little uh, spice. uh, (laughs) Carbuncle unleashes the exterminator. Mm-hmm. Exterminator. Yep. This is a T-100 Terminator yes. from the movie Terminator. Yeah. So the Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator turned into a robot, which doesn't make sense because he's already a robot in the movie, but he's a cyborg in the movie. He's a robot. <laughs> this is just a robot version of like he's all he looks like an Arnold Schwarzenegger bot. <laughs> 
Does yeah. this make sense? I don't know how to describe it. No, no, I'm, like, no, I'm I mean, you've seen it, though. Yes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just, you're right, yeah. Basically, imagine a robot that's all made out of metal and even looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator down to sunglasses made out of metal and hair made out of metal. Kind of like those uh, 10 Santa Claus, like Japanese <laughs> toys that make a lot of noise. It's like that, but for the Terminator. I, I follow. That's this guy. And he even yeah. has the accent. And even hits you with the one-liners, too. Hasta la vista, Rodents. He pretty much, he lives the arc of a Terminator within five minutes of a cartoon. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. this I like to think that, I mean, kids got the reference because that's a movie that everybody saw oh, at that yeah. time. And action begins mostly by riding vertically up the side of a building or down the side of the building. For like, for like a minute and a half straight. Yeah, yeah. they're really mm-hmm. good at that. They're also sending henchmen as well as the exterminator after them. Those guys are on dune buggies or like go-karts <laughs> or four by fours. Like yeah. everybody is refusing to use a car. It's uh, anything but cars, please. Yeah. Give me a motorcycle. Give me something with four wheels, but never a car. No, no walls. No cars a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no walls or roof. <laughs> yes. Death trap only. But- these biker mice are tough, and you know that they are going to win the day. This isn't one of those shows where it's like, on next time, see what happens uh, to these guys. It's like, no, we learned from the TMNT. <laughs> you wrap it up in an episode. Uh, uh. So they beat the bad guys, including the exterminator, who fulfills his life's duty to go down in a vat of liquid just like the T-100 in Terminator yep. 2. Uh-huh. It's not molten liquid lava. It looks like wine. It looks like red wine. It does. Or yeah. grape juice. Yeah. But he, he missed out on doing the thumbs up. Like at the end oh, of yeah, T2, yeah, yeah, he says yeah. the thumbs up. Now this guy just dies. <laughs> They're like, man, we can't can't do the yeah. whole thing. Maybe they maybe it was like they, we can, they probably tried. We yeah, can only copy tried. so much. It was either the thumbs up or the uh, I'll be back. It, it was <laughs> you had to pick one. <laughs> they talked to James Cameron. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> so that leaves the series ready to be played out for the next three years, sixty five episodes mm. of. Well, we defeated the sub bad guys, but that Limburger, he's still up in his ivory tower. Looting Chicago. (laughs) Destroying it. He's going to destroy our way of life. Chicago style pizza, Chicago dogs with relish, all this business. The city will no longer be windy if this man stays in power. And I'm sure many adventures to come from these biker mice. I know that they came back in 2006. Yes, sir. Briefly. 2006, 28 episodes on Fox. Rick Unger was at the helm of that as well. Yep. And... I mean, buddy, I don't think this th- this thing is now. Start- it's like every time he does it again, we get less of it. It's like maybe it's it's diminishing returns. Um, it lived exactly. Biker mice from Mars lived exactly when it should have lived, between 1993 and 1996. Uh-huh. And I, they, it's like saying the saber tooth tiger should still be around. If you're, I know there are fans of this out there, but the ice age is over. It's no longer the 90s. It's done. Extreme doesn't sell the same way it did. It will. It'll come back around. I mean, look, the closest thing you have now is like Fast and Furious, but that's a different breed because Extreme didn't ever think it had class. Uh The Fast and Furious stuff, like the Vin Diesel brand of Extreme, (laughs) that's where it's gone to. But that's like, hey, also, I want bottle service in a club and these cars are fancy and I wear a suit. Whereas Extreme is I'm wearing jorts and no shirt (laughs) and I just broke my leg. Taco Bell, please. That's that's what extreme is. And so I would love for that to come back. Baja Blast on IV. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so until until extreme <laughs> comes back around and God, God bless uh, you. I hope shit. it does. But until it does, uh, Biker Mice, I don't know if you're going to get another chance. Maybe you'll get that live action movie someday. Uh, yeah. Let's hope not. Yeah, yeah let's hope not. 
thank all you Mamma Jammas for mm. jamming down with us today on the most extreme episode of Days Past Tunecast in, I don't know, a while. Yeah. 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 It's been a little bit. Yeah. Thanks for getting radical with us. Tubular. Bodacious. Yeah. If you think you're actually bodacious mm-hmm. and you're down to clown, then you need to go <laughs> to Apple Podcasts, leave us a written review, leave us a five-star review. It helps us. It makes the show go to people. It puts it in their faces. And listen, hey, also make sure to check out our uh, Instagram and Twitter at DP Tunecast. That's another way to contact us. On Instagram, you're going to see a hot shot of Travis in his <laughs> biker cosplay that we're going to capture. Okay, now next episode, I am excited. We're going back I think further in time than we've ever, like earlier in history to cover a cartoon than we ever have before. <laughs> Don't hold me to that, but well, certainly when the cartoon is set, uh-huh. way back, yeah, we are covering one of the most enduring sitcoms of all time. Uh huh. <laughs> we are talking about the Flintstones, Freddy, Barney, Dino, the whole gang, the whole gang, babe, <laughs> a bunch of dinosaurs <laughs> operating as machines. Waiting for their break. Uh huh. I can't wait. Me neither. I never thought this day would come. I know, man. Listen, I've been wanting this. Well, you're gonna have for to so wait. Long. Okay. Till next week. But, okay. But it'll be great. Until that time, I say, uh, tutor, my duder. <laughs> tutor, my duder. Do you remember what? Uh, <laughs> do you remember? Um. Uh, uh. Do you remember? Um. Uh, not, not necessarily. Uh, Toyota of Dallas. That's uh, that's one. Like car jingles around the uh-huh. area. It was the Westway Ford. Westway Ford. And like, and like, bro, he had every. He had he had a uh, Terminator in his stuff too. What? He he was getting it's, it, bro. Man, that's probably the one thing I miss about having normal TV uh, access is the commercials for local things. They're loony, man. They're so great because there's no oversight except for the person who wants it made. <laughs> so it's like they always do it wrong. Like all the lawyer ones are, have always been great. Like the Texas Hammer, he's a genius. It's just going to be a straight up <laughs> treat. We knew it would be. We because, knew it would be. look, mm-hmm. why did I want to do this again? <laughs> And so the guy's like, man, safest thing ever. They're so safe. I mean, come on, just go around. Um, a week later, he he passed. Oh, no. He, 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 oh, pa- no. he passed on them. On, they are oh, death no. traps. They are death traps. <laughs> no. <laughs> I told you, you might not I, make it. <laughs> I think it was going to right up until that point. <laughs> he died a week later, sir. Real talk. And that, that, that story was just for you. <laughs>